brand new edition of the same old podcast as always i am your host jack with my esteemed colleague co-host and michigan alumnus jp jp how's it going on this beautiful friday oh it is going well jack uh glad to be back recording i'm coming to you live from beautiful marco island florida catching some catching some rays enjoying the sun getting out of uh, upstate new york and and finally getting to a uh to a, let's just call it a real state a real state huh with a real value huh can you please <laughs> elaborate on that i will not elaborate but <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh take that how you will but uh i'm back down in a place where it's uh it's warm you got the beach and uh just, just good times. You got good times. So, yeah. but I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this weekend of football. Um, I know one of our in-state in-state teams is is idle, um, and the other one we'll get into it. But the other one might as well be idle. So, uh, it's just it's just a waiting game for the for the big matchup in in about a week. So, but a good NFL slate, hopefully. Um, but overall, just excited for a good weekend of football. How's uh, how are things going with you, Jack? Um, you know, things, uh, things could be better. I watched uh card counter last night and that movie is nothing but a snooze fest. That movie is brutally bad. What, what movie? Card counter. Who's that with? Um, oh man. The guy who was in triple frontier, uh, Oscar. Oscar. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar yes. Isaac. Yeah, yes, I like I like him. I think he's a good actor, but he, that movie was just a just a stink bomb to be. If I'm being uh, totally frank, yeah. With you. I mean, have you seen uh, Have you seen Rounders? No. Oh, that's a great poker movie with Ed Norton and Matt Damon. Huh. I'll have to check that out. It's, you got to check that out. That's a that's a cult classic. Yeah, that's a great one. And also, I mean, Twenty One's a good movie too. I've seen Twenty One. I like Twenty One. Um, yeah, that's a good card movie. That's a, that's a good gambling movie. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think of something. the gambler. I don't think that's a good movie. With Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, with Marky Mark. I, yeah, that I, I was think weird. That John uh, John Goodman was just kind of he kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies in that movie. Honestly, um, he just looked really weird. He looked like the shaved head. Yeah. And super like he kind of looks like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> honestly. And uh, I was not a fan, but yeah, I mean, Rounders is probably one of my, that might be my favorite gambling movie. Huh. Um, I'll check it it's out. a great one. It's got John Malkovich, Matt Damon. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Ed Norton. And then his name is, oh, John Turturro. Uh, so it's got a, it's got a dynamite cast. There you go. It also has, it also has um, Jackie April. Oh, Senior, Jackie. Not, not Junior. Yeah. The, the short-lived Jackie April. It's, it's oh, senior? Yeah, senior, not junior, senior. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you knew, but he was one of the finalists to play Tony Soprano. There oh, were, really? There were three finalists. Yeah, it was James Gandolfini, um, Stephen Van Sant, so uh, Silvio, 
and then Michael Raspoli, who played Jackie Senior, were the I believe the three finalists to play Tony. I knew Silvio and, was in there, and and I don't think honestly I don't think he would have made a great Tony Soprano. And I think Paulie was in the running for Uncle June. Well, Paulie, Paulie, Tony Sirico, he was like a real mobster. Like he, yeah, he was, and he he's he, been to jail like David, a lot. Yeah, and he told David Chase after I believe he didn't get the role. It was either Uncle Junior or somebody else, but he didn't get the he didn't get the role that he originally auditioned for. And he said he's he, and then they offered him another one, and he said he's willing to do it as long as he does his character doesn't become a rat. That was the only. Uh, <laughs> That was the only stipulation for him to, to join the show was that his character had been turned to a rat. Bully. Um, hey, spoiler alert. Think, you gotta uh, say spoiler uh, alert. Oh, spoiler alert. But uh, if you haven't seen The Sopranos yet, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you're you're about you know 20 years too late. 20 years, but not too late because it's always a great kind of watch up, but you're about 20 years behind. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think needless to say, David Chase made the correct choice and yeah. who he chose for Tony Soprano. I don't think... Uh, I don't think any any actor on the face of the earth could have done a better job than than James no. Gandolfini. No. That was he is he is and forever will be known as 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 Tony Soprano, maybe the greatest character in television history. All over um, the slice I, of Gabagool. Oh, Gabagool over here. But uh, <laughs> great show. But yeah, I think with that we should we should hop into um, hop into this this weekend's football action, starting off in college. Uh, obviously, we'll start with Michigan State, who, who's idle this week. Uh, I guess we can just start off by giving our thoughts on how the first little more than half of their season has gone, and what we're kind of expecting in the back half. So, Jack, I'll let you kick us off. Where do you where do you see your Spartans finishing out? Um, or at least, how do you see their season finishing out? And and what do you uh, what are you expecting them to look like after their bye week, heading into a let's just call it a brutal brutal slate at the end? Yeah. Um... So if I was make if I was an odds maker right now, I'd put their over under at regular season wins at nine and a half. They have Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State left. Um, you know I think at this point Maryland is not a for sure win, but I I would expect I would go into that game pretty pretty safely expecting that to be a win. Um. Purdue, yeah. I still expect to be a win. Um, I know Purdue's turning it on a little late here, but I think uh, I still expect that to be a win. Um, you know, I know Michigan State's line's been has been a little shaky lately, but you know they it really seems like they have the the sack king and uh, George Karloftis, and then kind of nobody else, and especially that offense. I mean. I know they put up 24 on Iowa, but it, going into that game, they had just been just been brutal. Um, and then you know Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. It, it's uh, it's obviously a tough stretch. It's going to be, you know, the we're going to see we're going to really see what this team's made out of. But I think either way, like even if they win, if they win, let's just say they win nine games right now, and they lose to. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, like, there's still so much progress made in one year. Like, if you had told me going into this year, two, three years from now, there'll be a 9-3 and three team, I would have been happy about that. So, to have this, all this success this early into the tenure of Mel Tucker is, like, 
a godsend. I mean, it looks it looks like the ship is really righted. I mean, there are like I was looking at the 2022 recru- recruiting rankings and they're I think they're 17 and Michigan 16 like they're they're recruiting just as well as Michigan is, which is something we haven't seen in a, pretty much ever. Um now part of that is Part of that is because Michigan's not recruiting as well as they usually do. Um, 16. Yeah, and go, yeah, go ahead. 16th is, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to quickly interject and say, as a Michigan fan um, and someone who used to closely follow recruiting, I no longer do because unless you're Alabama or Ohio, or Ohio State and you're getting just handfuls of five stars, um, once you start to get into the four-star range, there's about like 300 four stars, it seems like. And any of them could turn into first round draft picks, and, and a good number of them will just fade into nothing. So it is nice to see that Mel Tucker has hit the ground running with recruiting. And obviously, shooting up the rankings and getting those, those high level recruits is something that's necessary. But it's, uh, it's, it's just, I, I've, as a Michigan fan, I've come to not put a whole lot of stock in recruiting unless you're getting a top 10 recruit, some no. like, you know, major blue chip, just because, and at least for Michigan, it seems like some of these highly touted four stars just never seem to freaking, you know, they just never pan out for some reason. No. And, and I, I know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Well, I was no, just going to say that. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. I'll, I'll just say it. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, under the Antonio, Antonio regime, I mean, they were recruiting particularly well at all. But he was turning uh, three stars into to dynamite college football players. But I also think, yeah, you have to kind of balance that out by saying that might have been, the, you know, the uh, the 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 groundwork for his undoing was putting too much too much faith into his ability to to turn, uh, you know, pumpkins or uh, to turn, uh, I guess, frogs into princes. Um, because at the end of the day, if they don't, if you're not able to pull up those miracles, that's kind of you know your team's kind of screwed, and that's kind of what happened to Antonio, amongst other things. Um, but I, I I have to give credit where credit is due. Val Tucker's doing a great job. He's obviously building a culture that people want to come play for, and he's hitting the transfer. I think the transfer portal is huge too. But yeah, no, that's I'll what I was going to say. I'll let you get back to your point. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what ahead. I was going to say. I think even if the recruiting is not worth as much as it usually is, or as like. I think it just bodes well for them being able to get good transfers in the portal. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've already got gotten a, a lot of good transfers um, just for this year, and I think that I think what you see in recruiting just shows that this is, you know, this isn't uh, Alabama or or Georgia or Oklahoma or anything like that. But this is this is starting to become a de- this is, he's turning it into a destination that people want to go to, people want to be a part of. Um, and I think that just going going forward, his his uh, attitude is going to bode well for Michigan State because, like, like I've said before, going into this year, we saw, him, we saw him cut a lot of dead weight. We saw him, you know, not really just be tolerant. And, like, there's a certain amount of loyalty that is good to have and important. But also at the same time, if somebody's dragging you down, like... Like that was kind of Mark D'Antonio's un- unraveling is, you know, he had all these coordinators that everybody knew were not qualified to have their jobs and should have all been fired. And then he just moves everybody around, doesn't fire anybody. And, you know, the offense was terrible. The defense was still okay, but r- really not, not great. And 
you know, it's. It, I think it just shows that, like, he's really, he's really set on winning, and I don't think he's married to, you know, any one philosophy or any people that's gonna drag him down. I think he's willing. I think it shows he's willing to adapt and and do what it's gonna take to win. And we're not gonna have like this steep decline um, in six years like we had with uh, Mark D'Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, he's obviously shown that he cut a lot of dead weight. Um, bringing in a bunch of transfers was a uh, a sign that he was he was not going to just sit back and wait for for the young guys to progress and and to to gain some experience. He was going to try to get players who have been there and have some plug-and-play guys. And he wasn't willing to just sit back and rebuild. He wanted to get some guys that were ready to go right away. And actually start winning some football games, which I was, uh, I was, I'm, I've been, I mean, I, I will, I will say, you know, I bleed, I bleed maize and blue. I mean, it pissed me off a lot, and it's given me a lot of heartbreak. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an annoying, you know, Walmart Michigan fan who's gonna drink their Kool Aid 24/7. I'll, I'll rip them apart when they deserve it. Um, but uh, even just saying that, I, 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 I gotta say, I think Mel, Mel Tucker has done a really, really nice job, and I've been really impressed. I mean, I never. You know, never want Michigan State to beat Michigan, but like we talked about before, it's, it is nice when both teams are good. Um, it makes the games a lot more fun, and it, it, it really enhances the rivalry, which I think is it's really huge in the state of Michigan, and, and just brings more national attention to both teams. And I'm 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 really impressed with Mel Tucker. I think he's doing an awesome job, and I am uh, I know I'm friends and relatives with a lot of Michigan State fans and. I am. Uh, I'm happy for him. Regret to say that I am happy for him, and I'm. I'm happy that he's. He's getting him back into a, into a competitive football team because, you know, those last couple of years at D'Antonio when the team was pretty miserable, it was. It really. I mean, being you know beating them by forty is fun once in a while, but it's. Uh, it's not something that you want to happen consistently just because it's unless both teams are good and you're just like Alabama level good. Then that's all well and you know well, well and fun. I'm but sure, if you're just like, mediocre, like if you're just mediocre, then it's like how is that? That's like like it's just like not fun. It's like right, Purdue like, versus Indiana or something. It's like oh Purdue beats Indiana, or Indiana beats Purdue by forty every year. Like like it's like who cares? <laughs> because it's a meaningless game. Um, right, and I'm sure like if Michigan beat Michigan State by forty this year, it would feel a lot different than it did a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I mean it'd be amazing because both teams, because Michigan State's actually like a good football team and they're ranked highly, and it's a game with meaning. Whereas the game two years ago, I mean it was a home game. Michigan was wasn't killing it that year, and they weren't really playing for. They were already pretty much out of the college football playoff, out of the Big Ten race, but they were still ranked in the top like fifteen. Michigan State was just totally dead, and it was like a game that I probably I think I stopped watching in like the third quarter. Yeah, and I just like I took no real enjoyment from the win it wasn't like like junior year when we went into east lansing and michigan state was still ranked and just beat a highly ranked penn state team on the road and michigan was ranked top five and it was that rainy game where michigan hadn't won a ranked a ranked a, a road game again you know a, a road game against a ranked team with harbaugh and they win the east lansing and picked up that gritty win like that felt great that was like an amazing feeling as a michigan fan when you go and beat your rival in a game that means a lot, but like the next year, it just like it was like who cares? Like this, like I just didn't even like I was going to bars in the third quarter and not even thinking about the game. 
right. there's no enjoyment from it. Right. And, and so it, I'm glad that. Oh, go ahead. It, it just it just builds like I feel like it it's one it's good for both schools like like I mean even if like you think about this like in an in, from an economic standpoint like when Pepsi is a viable brand that's good for Coke like when Michigan State is good that's good for Michigan. Like it builds their brand, it bu- it gets them on national TV more. Like you get, yeah, you get big, you get more eyes on your team when they play against consistently against better teams. Yeah, so I, I and I guess <clears throat> yeah, I, I I agree. I don't know about the Pepsi and Coke uh, comparison, just because that is, um, you know, they don't they they, they don't split profits. One of them take you know, one of them. They're trying to steal money from each other. Whereas Michigan, Michigan State, I totally agree. Like if they, when they're playing on FS1 or Big Ten Network in their game, because they both suck, it's like who the hell cares? Or one team is good and the other team sucks, but they're playing at at noon on on Big Ten Network, like they used to do when we were in high school. Other than senior year, when, during the Brady Hoke era, basically, it was like who cares? Like it was just like meaningless. But now that they're, I mean, it's a little disappointing that they're not on ABC. But now that they're on Fox, big noon kickoff top 10 you're gonna have just gus johnson and joel clad on the call i mean it's it builds up both brands it gets some more viewers it gets some more attention helps with recruiting no doubt um so yeah i think it's it, gonna be interesting and well and oh, it just ahead. builds a better sense of community for both schools i feel like you know you take more pride in your school and then when you graduate you know you get you start working you build a community of worker people that you work with or in your neighborhood like there's more people talking about the rivalry. There's more people yeah. that are excited about it. Like it just builds a better sense of community, really all around the state of Michigan. Um, yeah, it, and it's just it's it just makes, good. Like it's just a good thing when they're both good. Like it, it helps. Yeah, it makes makes college football fun in Michigan. Right, like economically, you, it helps you, both schools. Community wise, yeah. it helps both schools. I mean, sure, people can get a little rowdy and rude on actual game day, but in general, like. Like it gets a lot of it just it brings a lot of attention and it brings a lot of camaraderie, generally. And like you have oh. everybody has like their friend groups, and you have like your yeah. Michigan State fans within your friend groups and your Michigan fans, and there's like that slight divide and people do stuff for the game. They hang out. Like people don't do that when both teams are bad. Like if if like you're not gonna get like you you could have a party with Michigan and Michigan State fans, but. If one's horrible, why would like the one the one team who's really bad? They're not going to, want to do anything for the game. Like they're not excited to watch yeah. it. Just, yeah, yeah, it, they're it just makes they're not interested. Better. It's yeah. I mean, you lose like, in Michigan <coughs> in the state of Michigan. If one of the teams is bad, you you basically lose half the college football fan base in the state for right. an entire fall when one of them has no expectations and and no hope for for a good year. So yeah, Mel Tucker. Um, I am. I mean, I. You know, never want Michigan State to be Michigan, but I am happy that they have a very competitive team and he's, he's building a good program that hopefully Harbaugh can match and they can both have good teams for the next couple of years um, and just kind of keep going head to head and hopefully longer than that, maybe have a nice, maybe re, you know renew this rivalry where they're both top ten, top ten year wars. A little ten year war. We can have a little ten year war action. I wouldn't be because uh, if it's a war, that means both sides are winning, which obviously I would prefer. Um, yeah, Michigan to win all of them, but if we're gonna, I'd rather have a war than have Michigan State win every single one of Michigan turn into a joke again. So, but I, I guess going back to the actual team, Michigan State, I would agree with you on their over/under wins. I might shade it more towards nine. 
um, just because this. I mean, their schedules, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, they're, they're season, they probably have the hardest schedule to have here. I'm not a fan of I giving full numbers team. on a line, so that's why I did the nine and a half. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I and I, I definitely agree with you, but and yeah, I guess nine and a half would be fair, and I'll, I guess I'll second that because nine is. I mean, it just. I mean, Maryland, they're gonna win. They'll beat Maryland, but it's. I mean, Purdue's no joke. I think they should win that game, but. I, I just mean, don't think Purdue has right? the offense to, like stick with Michigan State. But when do they they play Indiana win? I mean, they probably you after Michigan, right? Yes. The week after, so it's like I don't know. It, I think that could be a tough game for them. But I think no matter what happens, coming off like their biggest, probably their biggest game of the season. Right, like but I think they're more likely to lose that game if they beat Michigan. I was about to say the same thing. I think if they, I think that could be a letdown game. Right. So. They, so then the Michigan nine and a half or, still holds because they win. Because you're, you're kind of, I mean, at least me, I'm kind of assuming they'll at least win one of these next two games. So that, and yeah, then you have I, Maryland. So and then nine it's like, and a half, yeah. I mean, yeah. So are they going to win two or are they going to win two games? Because if Sean Clifford's playing, you're probably going to assume that they're losing to Penn State and then they're going to lose to Ohio State. Yeah, but it could, def- I mean, it could depend too. Like, if Penn State drops another game, then they're kind of out of the Big Ten race. That's the last home game of the year. Yeah, maybe, I mean, you know, so senior day, maybe Penn State kind of is over the season a little bit. I mean, I still, I, I yeah. think, I think just based on the, the timing of the game and like senior day, um, at home, like I could see, I could see yeah. State winning that game. I don't, I don't, I, w- I don't know that I would yeah, pick them sure. to win that game, but I don't think it's crazy to say that they could win that game. Yeah, that's that's fair. So the only thing you're assuming is that they're going to lose to Ohio State. Basically, yes. When you make that line, yes, which is a fair assumption for both Michigan and Michigan State. They've um, they've done nothing Penn, to show Penn, me to this point that they can beat Ohio State. I mean, but Penn, Penn State, Sean, I mean, as we talked about, Sean Clifford, if he doesn't get hurt against Iowa. They probably win that game by two scores. Um, I don't right. think there's any question right, about it. Right, and but now so it's like how State. good is Iowa because they just lost to Purdue at home. Yeah, so well, how mean, good is Purdue? Because they just beat Iowa. I right. Mean, who knows? Right. I mean, it, it, it's but kind of just know, opinion. I mean, it's all, it's kind it's of just all, all opinion and conjecture. It's at speculation. This point. Yeah, it's all speculation. So, I mean, we'll see. But um, I guess, uh, yeah, overall, I, I think Michigan State has really impressed through the first seven games. And the last, I guess, you know, the last five games, or, yep, the last five games are going to be uh, – they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough, and we'll see uh, where the rubber's about to meet the road, and we'll see how, if, if and how Mo, uh, Mel Tucker has them, has them prepared for these massive games. But I, I, I expect Michigan State to, out of those four games against ranked teams, I, I expect Michigan and State to win one at the bare minimum. And like you, I think they could easily, you know, two is, is likely and three is tough, but who knows, and I mean, four would be almost impossible just because going into Columbus and beating Ohio State is if you're a, if you're a team in the Big Ten um, and you're not just some random out of conference game where they might look down on you and, and not give a hundred you know and not give their full attention, um, it's it's damn near impossible. Uh, people have not had a lot of success in Columbus in the Big Ten, no, really I, ever. I mean, hey, they did so. beat the they Michigan State did beat Ohio State with Tyler O'Connor at quarterback. People forget that. That was that was that was probably. Mm. 
that was probably Ohio State's worst loss in history because that Ohio State team might have been one of the best teams in college football. I, I was like, just, I didn't even want to watch played, that game. They played so bad. I think I've never seen an Ohio State team make so many mistakes in one game. Like they could have won that. They like had every chance to like pull away, and they just like never did. <laughs> and Matt Coglin was the kicker, right? No, Michael was Geiger. He, I mean, there's a, yeah, okay. I feel like every every Michigan State kicker seems to morph together for me, at least. I yeah, guess I mean, uh, but yeah, it's that probably was, the same uh, for that Michigan. That was Geiger. He he was the one they who also, did like the windmill after he made the kick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't really matter. I mean, obviously, Michigan State got the Big Ten championship, which is a huge accomplishment. But I guess whoever won that, I mean, Alabama was a buzzsaw that year, so yeah. <laughs> it was not a not a lot you can do, but. I guess, uh, yeah. I guess, I guess with that, you know, we're we're on the same page with Michigan State. It's it's been a great season so far. They shattered expectations and have. Bob Tucker's got the program headed in a great direction, but um, it's going to be a tough end of the year, and it'll be really interesting to see how they how they finish the year out and how they perform against these really difficult teams, both at home and on the road. But I guess with that, we will hop over to the game that is happening tomorrow. Michigan is hosting Northwestern at, well, obviously at home because they're hosting them at noon on, uh, I believe it's on Fox. And it, uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one. Um, I'm expecting, I'll, I'll talk about it in my picks. I am choosing, I, I do like the line in this game for one of these teams, and it's not Michigan. Um, I was going to say, I agree. I agree. Could if if this was a game, if this was like the first Big Ten game of the year, um, then yes, I could. And it was, and you know, it was like, or it was, it was after the Michigan State game, then I could absolutely see them beating it by twenty four. Um, there's no like Michigan, Northwestern is really not a good football team, and Michigan State could absolutely blow them out of the water. But you have your biggest game of the year so far, massive rivalry game on the road top 10 ranked matchup the following week so it's 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 not it's 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 i guess i would say it's it's very obvious that some people on michigan are going to have at least one eye looking looking ahead towards the next game right which is just understandable which is understandable because i mean i'm sure michigan state obviously was looking forward towards the bye they didn't play particularly well against indiana but I'm sure their mind was thinking, you know, a couple weeks ahead. Like right. It's, it's, it's going to be in the back of your mind when it's a game of that magnitude. Right. And I think I think it's definitely going to – I think you're definitely going to see it on the coach's mind too because I think the you're going to see Michigan's play calling be very basic in this game. It wouldn't surprise me, like, if you only see them run eight different offensive plays. Like, they're, they, I, I would think they're not going to want to show anything on tape. I think they're going to – like they're playing a team that, if you asked me, is Michigan twenty four points more talented than Northwestern? I would say yes, but do I think that they're going to come out and play this game to win by twenty four points? Like I, I think you could see them once they get up by two possessions. I think that you could just see nothing but running the ball with you know third stringers. I, I, I still think Michigan's third string is good enough to at least tie Northwestern's best players and like I don't think I don't think Michigan's going to be really trying to set the world on fire against Northwestern they really don't have anything to prove other than 
getting the win. So, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't see. I think I I don't see them tr- trying to blow them out. I I think you you're they're just going to want to manage the game and take like, take a lead and kind of just hold it and hold the ball for a long time. Like, I don't think. I don't yeah, think that yeah, the goal is. I don't think they're going to be too worried about winning this game by twenty-four points. Um, no, no, not at all. There's and no reason. To be. There's no reason. There to is none. And Northwestern has the worst rush defense in in the uh, in the Big Ten, and I don't think it's particularly close. And Michigan is obviously ground and pound run first team. So I like you said with the starters in with Corm and Haskins, I'm sure they're they're going to have success on the ground early. And I, if if I if I've I would expect this Michigan game, you know, they might get up 7, 10, 14 points early. Northwestern might score once in the first half. They'll probably linger in the third, you know, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the third quarter. It'll still probably be within a 10 to 14 point game. You know, Michigan's not blowing them out. Northwestern might still have like a semblance of a chance that they could actually come back and maybe tie this game. But at the end, it'll just be a bunch of punts, a bunch of running, clock winding down. Michigan will put them away probably midway through the fourth quarter, maybe early in the fourth quarter, and they'll win this game by, you know, 14 to 17 points. It's kind of like how they, um, I mean, Northwestern is bad, is really bad this year, but it's kind of how like they were against Indiana for the past couple of years. Um, before Indiana, I mean, Indiana had the resurgence here, obviously, but last year, but before then, Michigan would always play them before Ohio State. And Indiana, even when they weren't very good, would always just linger around in the game. Even though it never really felt like they were going to lose, it was like they might lose just be just because they the, the game was not out of hand score wise. It was still only like a seven, ten, thirteen point game, and it was obvious because Michigan was looking up, looking forward to massive game against Ohio State. So I think you're right, but I mean I don't have a lot to say about I guess what I think is going to happen in the uh, through the passing game. I don't. I don't think Michigan is going to be slinging the rock around too much, especially against a defense that's so poor against the rush. Um, I hope JJ gets out there. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, but yeah. I, I think JJ. I think JJ should absolutely get some reps and get get to throw sling the rock around a little bit. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I I would I would like to see if he's able to uh, throw the ball downfield consistently with more success than Kate has. But I guess he can't put too much stock in a game against Northwestern. So, I don't know. It's, it's not. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this game, Jack. Do you have uh, any more comments? Uh, no. I think I just think it's uh, it's kind of it's just kind of a uh, you know, get through it game. You know, stay healthy. You don't really want to put too much on tape. You don't want to you don't want to risk too much. You just kind of want to get through it healthy and with a victory and. I, I really don't expect Northwestern to have any shot at winning this game, but I think they I, I, I would feel pretty confident putting some money on Northwestern plus twenty three and a half. I think that's a I think that's a pretty good bet to make if you're uh, if you're looking to make it. I think it is too. I think it is too, and then I guess if my if my prediction for how the game goes is wrong and machine gets out to a big early lead and has the game pretty much over by the, the second quarter or the uh, before you know basically going to halftime the game pretty much feels over then they're definitely going to pull the trigger pretty quickly and bring in the uh, the backups and let them get some reps and, and try to save every starter they can give them some rest and 
not put him in a position to get injured when such a massive game is looming. So, so, I mean, so we'll actually, see. you know, something that just crossed my mind is, um, you know, I, maybe they do keep the starters in a longer time than we expect because just coming off the bye, and they don't want them to get rusty. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's a decision you have to make. And one that, you know, obviously you need to get into that position where you have a big enough lead so that you can make that decision because if you let them linger and it's a close game, obviously it, it becomes out of your hands and you have to play to win the game. And you can't lose to lowly Northwestern. I mean, that's out of the question. That would be disastrous. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it, 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 it all depends on if they're able to actually get out to that early lead like most people expect them to. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something they could do is rotate starters and, and backups in, especially at the skill positions, just but giving them some, you know, the starters more reps than they usually wouldn't have blow out just to make sure they're they're fresh and, and not feeling rusty coming off a of bye week. But, I don't know, six, I feel, I mean, this is your seventh game. You've already played six games. You're six games into the season already. You've already, I mean, won two real games against, you know, in tough environments. I feel like at this point, they probably are in the mid-season swing and, and rust probably wouldn't be an issue. Um, especially if they, at least if they get, you know, one half or three quarters of, of game time. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, but I guess, Jack, we'll, we'll head over to you for the score prediction. What are you, uh, what are you, what are you going to put down on the board for this one? I'm going to go 24-7 Michigan. Yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's a good good prediction. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game for sure. Northwestern's offense is really not very good. Um, they obviously lost their starting running back uh, before the beginning of the year to a torn ACL, and they haven't really been able to get anything going on the ground or through the air uh, through the entire year. So I'll, I guess I'll give Northwestern a little bit more points, maybe some garbage time. I'm going to go Michigan 31, Northwestern We'll go Northwestern 14. Um, okay. I think they might get a couple. They might get a touchdown early. Or Michigan might be sleepwalking. Or, uh, and they might get one late when the game is feels a little bit out of hand. But I think we're, yeah, I think we're, we both think it's going to be a high two, low three score game. Yeah. Uh, probably around like 14 to 17 points, Michigan. But, and not, you know, not a, not a whole lot more to say about this one. This feels like it just should be a tune up game for Michigan against probably the worst Big Ten team and it's just uh, it's just a game that's going to have that cloud, that dark cloud of the, the massive matchup Yeah, that is, that is to follow next week that is on everybody's mind and will really uh, shape the rest of the season for Michigan and Michigan, for, for the state of Michigan honestly, yeah. it'll shape the rest of this college football season and it'll, I want to, I'm not going to say it's totally going to, it's not going to totally end any one season of course, because they still have a lot of big games left and you never know, I mean if Michigan or Michigan State loses that game and they pull off a miracle and win out, um, you know, it's, they could find oh, themselves they're alive. in the Big Ten either, If either team does yeah, they're that, not, they're alive. They are. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's it, not, neither team is going to be put, put in the coffin if they lose this game. But it's it's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of implications for the rest of the year and definitely going to going to give a lot of people a great day or a bad day next Saturday well, so like I might have one team already looking ahead to college basketball I think uh if you like if you ask Michigan State fans like would you rather go eight and four and beat Michigan or go ten and two but lose to Michigan and Ohio State like I would rather go eight and four with the win against Michigan oh 
yeah. I, I would mean, rather like I would rather beat Michigan and have that be the only win the rest of the season than lose to Michigan and Ohio or beat lose to Michigan and Ohio State but then the win the rest of our games. Like I don't think I, I I don't really get hung up on like anything short of the college playoff. Like I don't I don't really care. So yeah, just I beat a, your I, I mean, Yeah, I mean I had a friend who asked me the exact same question. I mean he said would you rather go ten and two, lose to Michigan State, Ohio State, or go seven and five and beat both of them? And I, I told him I, you know, seven and five. And I honestly told him, if you ask me, would you rather go nine and three and lose to both of them, or go two and ten and only beat those two? I honestly might say two and ten. Yeah. If it means we beat Ohio, if it means honestly, if it means we beat Ohio State, I'd probably choose one and eleven. You think honestly, th- because. It's getting ridiculous. I don't know. That I team mean, up getting... north, the team up north, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Ohio State anytime soon. No, they won't. I, they won't. That's why I'm saying. If you said, okay, you guys can either go 10-2 and two and lose to Michigan State, Ohio State, or go 1-11 and beat Ohio State, I might just say, just give us a win against Ohio State and we'll worry about the year after, honestly. you got to at least get to check one box. So Seriously, it's got to end some. Draft like, Games Michi- put out a line yeah. for the Michigan-Michigan State game. Mm-hmm. If you right. were making the line... What would you make it right now? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I would probably do Michigan State minus one and a half or minus two. Michigan State minus one and a half was my exact thought also. Um, it's, it's, but it, it, like if Michigan's home, I would do Michigan minus one and a half. Right. Right, no, I it's agree. Only, I agree it's, completely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's the home field advantage. Yeah, it's a no, I agree completely. Game, and you give the point. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, did yeah. they put out a line? Absolutely. They, the line right now, on DraftKings is Michigan minus two. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna shift. It's just because they put it out. They always do that. They do that, and then Michigan, you know, and they put out a line, and the Michigan, the big money Michigan guys are gonna chuck a bunch of money on it, and it'll move over a little bit that way, and. It's just that they're also trying to appease Michigan fans, but just because it's, I guess, nationally a little bit bigger, but it it, it doesn't matter. It'll move. It's gonna it's gonna end up like dead even or Michigan minus one a half or Michigan State minus one. But that's yeah. all semantics anyway. It's all semantics anyway. Right. I was I just interested. I I thought that was interesting. I, I I was kind of surprised to see them be that. I was surprised to see Michigan be a favorite, to be honest. But I guess yeah, I went. I was too, and it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised either. I mean, it's, but I mean, if you're, if you're favored by like a point and a half, like two points or less, they're basically saying it's a toss-up game. Yeah. Um, so, which is, I think it's gonna, I think money, I think a lot of money is gonna go on Michigan State, and that line is gonna move a lot closer to even before kickoff. But also, it depends on how Michigan looks against Northwestern. Um, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. It's, uh, it's all talk right now, and a lot is gonna be decided. On that fateful day, October thirtieth, yeah. at Spartan Stadium, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of drunk people are going to be peeing in those troughs, which is just disgusting. Uh, when I went to Spartan Stadium, I was horrified. I mean, I thought I was like, "Are we in a barn? Oh, <laughs> Get rid of the on. troughs! <laughs> Get rid of the troughs! This isn't Fenway Park." No, right? those are classic. <laughs> those are classic. Those are staples of Michigan State. <laughs> the troughs. Yeah, I do like this thing. I do like about Spartan Stadium is that it's like more compact so like none of that you like i just felt closer to the field than i did when when i'm at the big house yeah i don't know why i mean it's obviously a smaller stadium um but it just it, you just feel closer to the action for some reason i don't know why i was also had really good seats when i went with my friend 
dad got them for us, and they were like, you know, 50 yard line, like four rows up. So that oh, probably wow. was pretty, pretty decent reason to why I felt close to the field. But still, it it just felt more like it just felt like everyone was like closer to the game and it was louder. I don't know, but it was a cool experience being in Spartan Stadium. But it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. What's the over-under? They, they, they did not that. release an over-under. I mean, what would you put it at? I know it's kind of tough. We're not professional handicappers. Um, so. But I would... I would probably say 47. Thinking? I would put 47. Yeah, I was, I was, I was about to say 48. <laughs> yeah. I would say like 47 and a half, 46. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see like a 27-21 game. Um, you know, 24 or 28-24. 24-23. I mean, we'll get into it next week, obviously, but there could be some points just because Michigan State's Michigan State's offense is probably their strongest, their strongest, um, their strongest unit, and not to say their defense is a bunch of slouches, but um, I can I can definitely see if Michigan State gets out early and Michigan starts chucking around the ball, the, the points can start can yeah, start piling up. So be interesting. we'll see. Or nobody could score, and it could be like the Indiana Michigan State game where it's just like a snooze fest. It's just a whole bunch of it's a whole bunch of punts. Or the um, monsoon game at Michigan. Oh yeah, fourteen to ten. Fourteen to ten. Whatever team went into halftime with the lead was going to win that game. No one could. It was impossible. Once the monsoon came, nobody was scoring. I mean, the ball was like a the ball was like a slippery bar of soap. Yeah, and then you saw the Harbaugh still chucking the rock around when. Yeah, that was stupid. I think yeah, that was. That was not particularly smart. He caught a he lot tried of to flag fool him. for that game. Yeah, that was not. I mean, Michigan wasn't very good that year, and Michigan State wasn't particularly good that year either. No, neither um, team was. No, they were just both pretty bad. But I guess with that, oh, lest we forget, it's picks time. College football. It's college football picks, locks of the yeah. week. Locks of the week. We have been not too great. Been cold. Recently. We've been cold. We've been cold. But as we first, as we said, the the joint pick for college football this week is Northwestern plus twenty three and a half, and I'm we're both pretty confident in that number. That's uh, not my lock. That's not my lock. Not your lock. All right. Then what's your lock? What's okay. Your lock? My lock is Michigan Northwestern under fifty one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. That I like was that a lot. I think that's, that was uh, what I saw it at earlier. Um, let me check, make sure it hasn't moved. Um, let's see, great podcasting here. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, football, boy. college football. Oh, boy. Let's see. It is currently sitting at. 51, exactly. So, yeah, my lock's going to be under 51. Go. I like that. I like that. You got any other picks, or is that it? Um, you know, I think I think Oklahoma... I don't... Oh, the Oklahoma-Kansas game is weird. Um, with Caleb Williams now starting. Uh, you know, we saw Oklahoma just put up a ton of points last week. Um, and Spencer Rattler seems like he's got one foot out the door. Um, so it seems like it's going to be the Caleb Williams show. 39-point favorites at Kansas. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird line. Um, Do you want to pick them by 40? Right. But, like, yeah. they could. They're 40 points better. I just don't know if they'll win 40. Yeah, well, that's... Another That's one that intrigued me was Pitt minus three and a half at home against That Clemson. was my lock of the week. That was my lock of the week. Pitt? Pitt minus, wait, it's three and a half now? Yeah. Well, I got it at three uh, two days ago. All but right. You put money so on it? Pitt minus three. Mm-hmm. All right. If you put money on it, I'll let you lock it in at three. Yes, I did. So Pitt minus three, H2P, baby. Clemson blows this year. Pitt isn't anything special, but... I think they're going to be able to win this game at home. I think the, the Panther faithful are going to come out, get rowdy. Little side and note, if they win pick. this game, they'll probably be ranked. Pitt is ranked. No, they're not. Yes, they are. I'm looking at Bovada does not have them as a ranked team. They are number 23 in the AP poll. I guarantee you. <sighs> Let's see. Let's see. They are 23 in the AP poll. Huh. Yep. That's weird that Bovada doesn't have them as a ranked team. Because Bovada goes off like the Chinese college football rankings, (laughs) which are just like, you know, don't really exist. So they don't know what's going on. They have Michigan ranked as number 25 in the country. I agree with that. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. They're, They're number six in there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, Side note, I was very annoyed that Oklahoma State jumped Michigan State. That annoyed me very much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, another... but it just annoyed me. Okay. Well, you got any other picks for college football, or should we head over to the uh, the double revenge game going on um, on Sunday? I also have... Ohio plus five at home against Kent, St- Kent State. Wow, that's an interesting one. What is wow. your reasoning? Ohio is your- going to be able to move the ball on Kent State, I think. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Number's at 67 right now. I think a high-scoring game favors the home team, and I think Ohio State's get- or Ohio is getting a little is getting slighted a little bit in this in this matchup. And I think that's going to be a juicy right. number to get. I think if you get five points, uh, I think you should lock that in. Home dogs, maxion, you know, what's not to love. All right, go Bobcats. Go Bobcats exactly. this go week, Bobcats. I guess. Go Bobcats. But, uh, yeah, that is a, uh, that's an interesting one, but I like it. I like, in that gla- I like a little maxion. I like a little maxion. I mean, how can you not? What's not to love it. about maxion? Yeah, if you hate maxion, then you just hate you hate, you hate like life, as far as I'm puppies. concerned. Yeah, you hate life, yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I guess those are our picks for college football this week. Um, if you happen to ride them and they all lose, uh, that is your fault. You shouldn't have rode the picks anyway because we have shown that we don't really know what we're doing. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> we take no blame for this. Um, not a financial that, advisor. Will, yeah, not NFA, not a financial advisor. Um that's that's we should put that in the bio. Not not financial advisors, but with that we will move over to the NFL. The Lions are traveling to LA to face the former franchise quarterback, old Matthew Stafford, Brad Stafford, Stat Patford, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the legend himself, a man who gave his blood, sweat, and tears to this city, and the city gave him everything as well. But the Detroit Lions organization is a joke and they pretty much ruined the first what is it 12 years of his career yeah 
10 years of her career, 11. So now he's thriving with Sean McVay in L.A. and all his new shiny toys and his dynamite defense. And we are stuck here with Pretty Boy Golf, who just got called out by a coach who seems to have never called anybody out in his entire life and clearly wants no part of this city or this team. Uh, so, yeah, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Um, but, Jack, what are you uh, expecting to see out of this game? And why is it that you think the Lions are going to win? Uh, so the only way the Lions win is if the Rams don't show up. <laughs> if the game if doesn't get, the- get played because of the Rams just forgetting about the game, maybe they think they're on their bye week or something, then the Lions have a chance. I'm not going to say they'd just win. Just a chance, though. Not they'd have a chance. Um... So you have to worry, like, they could put out the Pop Warner Los Angeles Rams from the surrounding area, and they could probably go out there and still beat the lowly Lions right now. But, I don't know. I mean, I expect uh, I expect Stafford to throw it all over the yard. I think um, I think he's going to... I don't really see this as a revenge game for Stafford, because I think... I think he actually does really like Detroit and they care about Detroit. He does. It's a revenge game for the Lifers for Goff. It's more of a revenge game for Goff than it is for Stafford, absolutely. But I don't know. I mean, they're going to get the, – the spread is 16. Uh, it's a huge number, obviously. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say because, like, I, I don't really know what to expect out of Stafford in this game. Like I don't know, I don't. I just don't know how many passing attempts he's actually gonna have. Like, cause I don't think yeah. the Lions are gonna keep it close. I think he's gonna throw the ball over, all over the yard. I think, I think Goff is. I think we could see David Blau in this game. Um. Like, it, it, if if Dan Campbell's voicing frustrations about you, and you come out and lay another egg, and if he comes out and lays another egg in the first half, I think that could be curtains for. Jared Goff is a lion. Honestly, I like. I know that. I know it cost a lot to cut him after this year, but um, it's just, it just uh, it just really doesn't seem to be working. I mean, I don't expect. I don't think anybody expected it to really work out per se, but it seems to really be going downhill pretty quickly. Um, oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 it died before it even started. No, and I agree, um, but I, I I didn't expect it to be like. Like, I kind of expected Jared Goff to just have a better attitude about it. Like, dude, like, what do you, what do you expect? Like, you were holding that team back so, by so much. Like, look at what that team is without him and with Stafford. Like, what, what, I, don't, I don't know what the dude expected. Like, you got to go out in there and you got to perform. Like, they're a Super Bowl caliber team with Stafford. And with you, they were barely sneaking into the playoffs. Like, it's just... It's just, it's just it is what it is like it's a business, and you you gotta you gotta you know earn your spot like just because you're just because you're a former number one pick like if you if you stink like why why would they keep you around so he's yeah, just gotta yeah. he, like he it, it's it's gonna sh- I mean there's no there's no spot where Jared Goff should be more motivated to to succeed than this game so. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he what he comes out and does. Um, but I think Aaron Donald might eat him alive. I think he might kill him. Honestly, I don't know who's going to block Aaron Donald. Uh, Ragnow's gone. 
obviously he's out for the year. Kellen Decker's pretty much done. He still has Sewell, but everyone else kind of sucks. So, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to – Jalen Ramsey's going to lock down whatever scrub they have as our number one receiver. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know how they're going to move the ball. And they're just not going to be able to stop the Rams offense. Nobody's really been able to stop them except for the Cardinals, who have – the Cardinals are showing to be maybe the best team in the NFL right now. Um, so it's just, I don't know how they're going to – they're not going to be able to stop their offense. I mean, they can run it, they can pass it, and the Lions can't stop either of those things. Right. So and I feel like McVay might let Stafford just sling the ball around and let him have some fun against a mediocre defense that is also his old team. So, I mean, there's uh, – I don't know. It's just – it's going to get ugly. Um, I mean, you never really know in the NFL. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that if the Lions won this game, I would be like flabbergasted and like be like, "Wow, this is like the craziest thing that's ever happened." You wouldn't. You wouldn't but, be like that. No, I mean, I'd be surprised. Oh, I would. I'd be very surprised. But I wouldn't like. It's not like the biggest upset in the NFL. It. It would be. It. it it would be very surprising, but I wouldn't say it was the most surprising thing I've ever seen in the NFL. However, with that said, I think the Rams are going to kick the crap out of them. I think the Lions probably are going to lose by 28-plus points. Um, and if you're playing Survivor still and you haven't picked the Rams yet, which I don't know how you couldn't have already, but uh, if you haven't picked the Rams yet, this is, should be the easiest lock. You would think century. so. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. But I do Rams minus – it started off at 15 and a half. Now it's at 16. But Rams minus 16 is a line that if I was still in a state where you could bet, um, I would definitely take it. I mean, I don't love it just because the NFL, people always seem to backdoor cover. But I just – I don't see the Lions keeping this within like a two, three-score game. I think it get really ugly really quick. No, I mean, so. it's, it's, it's interesting, like – you know what are what like how how much is this team going to fight after they just got blitzed by a I mean the Bengals are a far superior team or in, inferior team to the Rams and they just got blitzed by them by 23 like what are we going to see from them now now they're going on the road they're going out far out west we I mean we see that affect every NFL team like it seems like without fail any team that goes out any team from the east that goes out west, they struggle, and any team from the west that goes out east, they seem to struggle. Like it, it, I don't know why that's such a problem in the league. Like, like you have all these sleep coaches and sleep doctors, and you have so much personnel around you to get your body in peak physical form, and then just because your clock, your mental clock gets thrown off by two hours, you're just you just can't perform on a football field, like. I like the Chargers. Was it last week? Yeah, they, they, they go out to Baltimore and they lose by twenty eight. Like, yeah. you got to be more professional than that. Like, uh, and if it if that's gonna if it that's what that did to the Chargers, like, I don't expect the Lions to. I I don't expect the Lions to really have um, a lot of success here. And this is a so I don't know if DraftKings or FanDuel has this. But Bovada does this like double prop, where you can bet on like a prop and then the result of the game. Daryl Henderson to have a hundred and twenty plus rushing yards, and Rams to win, 
plus 425. That is pretty uh, juicy. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of rushing yards. I mean, it is a lot of rushing like, yards, but I... I feel like he, I feel like he can get pulled early if the game gets out of hand and Sony Michelle can get a lot of work. That's just what worries me about that one. But I, I do think that's juicy. I mean, the Rams are going to win. Like, no doubt about it, but... <laughs> I don't know. Right, I, I mean... I don't know, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I think we both agree that Rams minus 16 is a pretty good pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really see... Like, the only way that doesn't happen is if the the Rams don't let it happen. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? That's like, true. It's all up to them. It's all up to the Rams. The Rams are either going to cover or not cover based on what they do and not because of the, because the Lions can't. The Lions are helpless in this game. They're at the mercy of the Rams. So. Yeah, I mean. We'll I, see. I think the Lions put up best case scenario. I think they put up 17 points. Like, I think the Rams could score 30. I think the Rams will score 35 pretty easily. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this could be, like, a super blowout, too. And you, you Every yeah, once in a while, you see, like, these 44-7 games. Like, you could see something like this in this game. Like, that is not that is not out of the possibility, out of the realm of possibilities at all. No, not uh, at all. Not at all. But I... I got nothing really else to say about this. It's gonna be, it's gonna get ugly, and it's gonna get ugly quick. So I think uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and I expect the Lions to lose. And my score prediction is Rams forty-one, Lions ten. Jack, what, these, what do you what do you think? Thirty-one points. Yeah, I think it's gonna be that. Sheesh. Uh, I will go Rams thirty. 38, Lions 17. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably, I think I'm just saying that because I, I don't know, I'm just really mad at the Lions right now. They're really disgrace. like I knew they were going to be bad, but they're just like so disgracefully bad that it's getting on my nerves. Um, why? Like, why? Right. Like, this is better than if they were, like, being this bad is better than it would be if they were. Like that's why I don't get. Like, why would it? Why would it be better? This? Why would like two and four be better than this? I mean, I don't know. They're just like the problem is being zero and six, and also being on a road to nowhere. It's just. It's. I mean, they're on like, the road right now. They're on the road to cave on Thibodeau. Like, I don't think that's nowhere. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win, and they don't have a quarterback. No, so and they'll get cave on Thibodeau. They'll suck again next year, and then they get their quarterback. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, I guess it's, I know, it's just, I would prefer if they didn't go 0-17. Well, so, <laughs> do you think that there's, do you think there's any legitimacy to the Tua talks? No, they're not going to do that, no way. Okay, I, I've, seen, I've seen Washington. some stuff that they might be, like, a third team in a three-team deal for uh, Deshaun. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think if the third team is going to be uh, the Washington football team or or someone like that, I don't think the Lions. The Lions are historically um, reactors, not you know. Not, well, yeah, reactors, and that's the problem. Like they, 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 like you see all these proactive teams. Like, like look at what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Like they take yeah. Josh Rosen ten overall. They realize very quickly this is not the guy. He is he is not the guy that's going to lead us somewhere. 
Then the next year, they take Kyler number one overall. There's no way you would ever see the Lions do something like that. No, there really isn't. There really isn't. But I guess you're right. If they're going to suck, I'd rather them suck this bad so I know they're going to get the number one pick, and, or at least the top two pick, and just totally start from scratch. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, Oh, the Lions. I don't know. Who knows? They're just uh, they're just the, the same old Lions. This is the same old podcast. The same old I Lions, mean. same old podcast. Maybe, hey, maybe they should try to win to make the draft pick that they get from the Rams a little bit better. That's true. Mind games. Yeah, because they've been purposely losing every game because they're actually like the best team in the NFL, but they've just been purposely losing to get a good draft pick. But now they're just going to turn no, up and beat the Rams. No, no, no. So, if they, so, but the Lions have the Rams draft pick. So the yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. So they're going to uh, they're going to just be like, all right, boys, it's go time. Yeah, it's go and time just, like, for the draft. Fucking, just, just turn into gods. Yeah, just, this is like, all. Jared, it's for, it's FTD for the draft. Jared, they're going to like storm the field, and Jared Goff is going to be like crying in midfield when they win, <laughs> like flipping off Sean McVay. Oh my and god! And Dan Campbell just going to like fight. Aaron Donald. He's going to like rip off his bad. shirt and he's going to have an AJ McCarron like tattoo on his chest of just a, the Detroit Lions. And yeah, and Martha yeah, yeah. Ford on his back. Yeah, no, he's going to have Sheila. He's going to have like a, a, a tattoo of like a naked posing Sheila. There you go. How, be- <laughs> how beautiful that would be to see. Quite the sight. Quite the sight. But um, you have any uh, NFL picks this week? So one pick... Or- that I really like. Um, and let me see what it is at right now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins over 70 and a half receiving yards this week against against his old team. Against his old team. I think they're I think he hates the Texans and I think he's going to He's gonna to want to make it a point to shove it to him, as Cody Bellinger yeah. would say, "Shove it up their butts." Um, yeah, I can definitely see that happen for sure. I think that's a, I think that's a fair pick. Yeah, Absolutely. so that's my that's my uh, that's Coors that's my Coors cold hard prop of the week. Um, brought to you any by lines? Coors Light. Of course, any game lines you like? Um, so I think. I don't know. It's it, I mean it's all, and with NFL it's always a tough board. It's always tough to to bet. Um I think if I'm going to have to lock one pick in specifically, I'm going to go Let me hear your pick first. My first I mean obviously I said Rams minus 16 is my first one. And then I have three picks. Second pick is Raiders minus 3 at home against the Eagles. Uh, I think that that Raiders team is rejuvenated after Gruden was let at, let go. After they drained the swamp? Yeah, after they drained the swamp. I, they seem to be like a team that kind of rallied around each other after Gruden, the whole Gruden scandal. And they seem to be playing really well. So I think they're going to be able to beat Philly by uh, at least more than three. I think they win this game by seven to ten points. And then my second game would be Patriots minus seven at home against the Jets. I the J-E-T-S, the Jets, are, Jets, Jets, Jets? Yes, I think the Jets are still a very, very bad team. And the Patriots are going to come back and just come out firing on all cylinders after the heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys at home. 
Uh, I think Belichick's going to have them ready to play, and they're going to come out and just just stomp on the, the Jets, and they'll win this game by probably like 17 points, in my opinion. But those are my those are my three picks. Uh, and if I have to give, if one of them is considered the, the lock of the week, I go Raiders minus three as my my top pick. But you have uh, any? any All right, any I am going to go with Bengals plus six against the Ravens. Against the Ravens? Yep. That Bengals defense is not getting the amount of respect it deserves. That defense has been really good. It's been better. The Ravens are just like... Listen, no no Latavius Murray this week for the Ravens. So what? Uh, Bengals have been giving up 3.9 yards per carry this year. Run defense is very vastly improved. Um, in, In division game... I think uh, I think you're gonna see the Bengals play this one close. I think six points, six points. You're getting that. I think that's a I think that's a good amount of points to uh, to make them my yeah. cold hard lock of the week. All right, all right, all right. I like that. I like that too. I I, I like it, but I wouldn't take it. Is what I'll say. I wouldn't put money. I wouldn't put any of my money on it. I'll also I, I go uh, under fifty-seven and a half in the Titans Chiefs game. That's just that just seems like too many points to me. I don't know, man. The Chiefs defense is really, really bad, and I think Derrick Henry can go crazy. And the Titans pass defense is really, really bad. And I can see like Kelsey and Tyree Kill also going crazy, and Mahomes just like swinging the rock around the field. So maybe I mean, we'll see. But you're right. Fifty-seven is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. So we'll see. We'll see, sir. But. I guess that uh, pretty much sums up our NFL portion. Jack, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, well, yeah, we're finally starting to get that cold weather in Michigan, and uh, it's finally hoodie season. I'm glad. I'm glad for hoodie, hoodie season. season to be here. Can always hide a couple extra pounds under the hoodie. That's that's <laughs> always a good. You got to put on the winter weight. You got to pull his bulking season. Yeah, I, I I'm just happy it's hoodie season and. Uh, I'm, I'm to all my to all my kings out there who are we're, it's finally our time. <laughs> it's our time now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. That, that's good. I always like hoodie season. I definitely prefer when it's a little bit chilly to when it's just scorching hot. I, the, um, it's just like eighty degrees to me is just not enjoyable. No, it's just too. Unless you're like in Florida and you can go like swimming or at, at, at the beach. Um, in Michigan, it's just when you just sweat your balls off. And it's uh, so humid. Great. Yeah, the humidity is where you get me. I do not like that at all. And I'm saying New York is super hot for some reason. But uh, I guess that pretty much sums it up for this episode. I don't really have any closing thoughts. Um, just want to say that if the Lions do, in fact, beat the Rams, Dan Campbell better be sobbing tears of joy. I want to see. I want to see just like it's like raining in the press conference in the in the, uh, in the press room. <laughs> I want him to be like crying, like thanking God. I want him to just cry after every game now, regardless yeah. of outcome. Once yeah, you start fair. crying, you can't stop. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, you can't stop. He's kind of dug himself a hole there, but we will see, sir. We will see. But yep. yes, we will. I think that about sums it up for this episode. Should be a good weekend of football and. Uh, Let's just uh, get through this weekend alive and get get get, get looking forward to next next weekend, which will have the uh, the game of the season for this podcast. The Absolutely. Game of Absolutely. But all right, Jack. All right. All right. Thank you, sir, and thank you to all of our beloved listeners. Yep. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>